No, it's kind of important for us to uh, be reminded that uh, until we were born again, we were de the dead walking with no hope in the world. And because we have been purchased and God has given us uh, a help, uh, doesn't mean that we, we're going to move anywhere because until there is a, a full desire to do the will of God and, and to realize that the, the lamb slain was a provision for us to live in a dimension that uh, uh, has to do with the mystery of godliness. And, and then, you know, you, I, I got a phone call from uh, uh, Vicki and she's hosting uh, some young people and she's telling me how much uh, Tony has taught them and what they know. But uh, the knowing, she was talking about, well, how do you know? How do they know they know? Well, the, the Bible's pretty clear. If you keep following and keep offering, you'll know. There's no traction of going forth or growth. You're in a stalemate. If, and I'm going nowhere unless I offer uh, because God's whole purpose is to to put this inside us so that's not tucked away in our bibles but the experience that uh, that we heard about i keep laughing about don talking to the bear uh, but it was a sensible thing it was uh, the only thing he thought of right there and uh but but the lord had turned him around that was mercy in action, you see. And, and as those things build up, the enemy is not going to crush your faith. You're, you're going to continue to be going. But, but, the, but the reality that very few people uh, have a grasp on, really, and even among, among the people that, that I've traveled with, the idea that their life only goes forward and growth as they live in Christ. And it's not a three-party deal where it's you and, and uh, Jesus and God. The Lord has accomplished his work. Uh, and, and the lamb that was slain was slain back there from the beginning. David knew about it. Abraham. Uh, <laughs> Jacob, and I just uh, some of the greatest gifts that you sit with tonight that is, that is more valuable than anything that you could garner by your natural strength is when they're, they're talking about uh, uh, this, this aspect of the imputation. And, and they're in, uh, in the fourth chapter. It's verse 6. It says, Even as David 
also describe the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. And, and the seed of Abraham is Christ. And you have that seed that's there. And the Holy Spirit is inside you and me to bring us further and further into the fullness of what God wants. And so he's imputed righteousness, and you didn't do anything. And you, you can't do anything. Uh, we'll get to that in maybe a day or so, but, uh, <laughs> but trust that he did these things. Saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. That's the fortification, the, the, the blessed of what God has given to you and what you possess this moment and what I possess. And, and so you're never going to run out of help. You cannot run away from the mercy and the grace of God. And, and the, the thought to me that, that, that is a crippler for, you know, my natural man is when I see the phenomenal provision that is coming forth for me uh, and <laughs> those that I love. I, I, you know, there, there need not be any anxiety about those that uh, are wandering and going this way and that, if they've had a connection at one time, you cannot run out of the mercy and the grace of God. He bought you and he'll stay with you until you have a glorified body. You sit here today and I stand here with a body that certainly, uh, I, I know I'm walking in a level of resurrection life and so are you. You've been translated from darkness to light. But I'm looking forward to that glorified body. It's a promise. We have it before us. Right now it's, uh, it's a test. Uh, it's, a, it's really a test to prove who we love. And we've already proven very clearly that we've been in love with ourselves. God forgive us and help us. Lord, we come to you with the awareness of the overwhelming supply of a dimension that we <laughs> have had very, very little touch with. But when we do, uh, we understand your your continual help. Be with us in the praise tonight and the word. We thank you for Bobby and his life. We ask you to, to strengthen uh, Kathy this night, Lord, and all those that are on the cusp of death. Be with them. There's so many, too many even to be named. But you know them and you're there with them. And we thank you, Lord, uh, for our capacity to gather and to love you in this way. Amen.
Okay, thank you. Praise the Lord, it's so good to be with you again tonight. I, uh, if you just turn in your Bible tonight, just back to the book of Joshua. I think we finished up in the scripture in the, the gathering meetings we had earlier. But I, I so appreciated the uh, opening remarks tonight. Uh, and one of the remarks was the superabundant supply that we have to aid us and to help us on this great journey that we're on. Because it is available to us. Whether we're accessing it or not is not in question. That's what I have to answer. Am I, am I understanding? Am I really believing? Am I really being equipped in these days? Because I believe that God is equipping you. And, uh, and there is a tremendous work of the Holy Spirit. And that's what I'd like to encourage you in tonight. And... Uh, the superabundant supply of the Spirit. I don't know. That's a kind of an overwhelming remark. And uh, but Joshua was being trained, and we know that he was in a very transitional place, a very transitional time, and uh, he was being prepared. Uh, to take the leadership after Moses had died. And he was being prepared to take the leadership. And God was equipping him to do it. And, and so it, it says here in verse 2, it says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan. Thou and all this people unto the land which I give to them, even to the children of Israel. In every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. As I said unto Moses, and then in jump down to verse 5, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. And here's such a tremendous statement tonight. If I could take this on board tonight for me. Because really in, in New Testament terminology, you could put it this way. The Father revealing to us, as He was with Jesus, so is He going to be with you. And to me, I mean, that's awesome. I could just, I could just sit down and just meditate on that all night. But as I was with Moses, so shall I be with thee. And listen to this. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. That's Romans chapter 8. What can separate us from the love of God, trial, tribulation, or any such thing? And, uh, and then, of course, the statement that's made. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swore unto their fathers 
to give them. Verse 7, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it, from the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper wherever thou goest. And then he says, The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written wherein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Hallelujah. Why don't we determine in our hearts tonight? Why don't we just determine in our hearts? This is going to be the most prosperous year I've ever had in the realm of the Spirit. This is a year when I'm going to see success. Sometimes we look at success in the wrong sense of the word. And I'm not going there. But, you know, in places where we feel we've failed, in places we haven't been able to break through in the Spirit, in things that have overtaken our lives that shouldn't have overtaken our lives, the condemnation, the guilt, the shame. Why don't we determine in our hearts that this year, that this is a year when I'm going to break through in these areas? Hallelujah. So here's my cry for you. I leave on Friday. But here's my cry for you. This year will be the most prosperous year that you've ever had and the greatest success that you've ever felt in the realm of the Spirit. Because all of your aid is coming from the Spirit. All of your help is coming from the Spirit. And, I mean, even, I mean, even Jesus himself, he stood on the temple stair and he cries unto them from the temple stair. And he says, come, all those that are thirsty, come and drink. And them that would believe, as the scriptures have said, out of their innermost being would flow rivers of living water. And thus spoke he of the Spirit. And it was in the last great day of the feast. Come on, saints, I think we're heading there. You sang a song tonight. Let the weak say they're strong. Let the poor say they're rich. And these are all declarations that, that we can make. And then in verse 9, he says again, Have not I commanded thee, be strong, and of good courage, be not afraid, and neither be thou dismayed. Listen to this. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. I mean, to me, that's just a tremendous portion of Scripture. But the encouragement in it is, be strong. I think God is making us strong people. 
Well, I wrote down a few scriptures this, this afternoon. And here's some of them. The flesh profiteth nothing. It's the spirit that gives the life. Maybe we have, we have other scriptures. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So then why should the world be able to conquer us if he's greater? There's something wrong with that analogy. There's something that I'm not grasping. There's something I'm not understanding. If I would, uh, if I would allow sin to have dominion over me, And so greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Well, listen to this one. So to the flesh, you'll reap corruption. But if you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap life. And so there again the choice is, what do I want? Here's another one. If you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body... You shall live. Let me try another one. Jesus said, The words which I speak, they are spirit and life. Though if we're being conformed to his image, guess what our words should be? Every word we speak to one another should be something of edification and comfort and strength and building up. Don't get too quiet on me. <laughs> but here, here, here's where the war is. I mean, how many of us realize tonight we're really in a war. And here's what the war is. The flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. You can read that in the Passion Translation in Galatians 5. But we're living in a time when really we should be living in the supremacy of the Spirit. I'm going to say it again. We're really living in a day and a time that we should be living by the supremacy of the Spirit. Because the flesh profits nothing. But what do, I, what do I a lot of times pay more attention to? There's a scripture in the book of Daniel... Well, before I do that, I just feel to go back. See, in Romans chapter 8, for instance, let's just turn there for a moment. Romans chapter 8.
There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I mean, we've all probably read this scripture thousands of times. For the Lord could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemning sin in the flesh. Listen to this. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. So if you were to go down Romans chapter 8, there's just a tremendous work of the Holy Spirit. And I've probably mentioned it before. And, but up until Romans chapter 8, the Spirit in Romans is only mentioned one time. But in Romans chapter 8, it's mentioned about 19 times. And so, being mentioned 19 times, here's some of what the Spirit does. The Spirit frees us from sin. If you've ever been taught anything about the Lord Jesus Christ, it was the Spirit that taught you it. If it's going to be of any eternal value. And God says, all my children shall be taught of the Lord. So you may have somebody up here sharing or preaching or teaching or doing whatever, but they're not really imparting it to you. Because you could sit in gatherings like this year in and year out and never change. But if the Holy Spirit is working through the life of the preacher or whoever's sharing, because we today are learning how to draw from the wells of salvation. See, whether you know it or not tonight, you're a well of salvation. You're a new creature in Christ. And so it's the Spirit that frees us from sin. It's the Spirit that cancels our death penalty. It's the Spirit that fulfills righteousness. It indwells the believer. It gives life. It gives life. If the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also give life to your mortal bodies by his Spirit that is dwelling in you. And you see, Paul in Romans here also he makes it very clear, but you're not in the flesh. 
If so be that the Spirit of Christ dwell in you, but you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. And, and you could quote, Therefore, brethren, we are not debtors to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit to mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Hallelujah. I mean, these are all powerful scriptures, but we've got to get them off the pages. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. I mean, even Jesus made such a tremendous statement. He said, would you just go and tell my disciples that I go to my God and your God? What was he doing right there? He was elevating you to a place. Brother Bill talked about it tonight right in the beginning. when he said that we're being elevated to a realm that's beyond the capacity of a natural man. So he's got to take care of your first husband. And he did, lawfully and legally. I hope you realize I'm talking about your first husband being Adam. He brought you out from underneath the power of any Adamic realm. Filled you with the power of the Holy Ghost. So that the Spirit itself bearing witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, we may also be glorified together. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? That's what he elevated us to. Hope you realize when, when you got born again, like Brother Bill said tonight, when you got born again, as many as received him, to give, give he the right to become. And I love that word become there. It's such an awesome word. To them that received him. Give me a wave tonight if you've received him. Yes. Praise God. Well, as many as received him, to them gave he the right, the privilege, the authority to become. That word become is something comes into existence that was not previously there. See, in the beginning, right back in the beginning, the Spirit moved. And when the Spirit moved, God spoke. And there was a creative act. 
the earth came into being. Something that wasn't there previously appeared. When the Spirit of God moved and the Spirit of God spoke, there was a creative act that took place. Hallelujah. What happened in your life and my life? The Spirit of God moved. The Spirit of God spoke. And there was a creative act took place. There was something there that wasn't there before. Guess what it was? <laughs> Hallelujah. A new creation. Well, when you came to God, you came and your earth was without form and void. And there was actually no life in it. It had an existence, but it didn't have life because the source of life was not in it. So what God is dealing with is the source. So you became, you, you became a new creature. And all things had passed away and all things became new. I just love, love this Romans chapter 8. Because he goes on and he says... I'm looking for the scripture that says where it says where we're led by the Spirit. Oh, verse 15, 14. It's covered over in writing. Verse 14. For as many are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. And again, we've mentioned this many times. But what does it mean to be led by the Spirit? Come on, somebody tell me. Otherwise, I'll be very proud to be able to repeat. <coughs> Hallelujah. You've heard it often enough, Pam. Did you hear what Sister Pam said tonight? To be led by the Spirit is to be under the influence and the control of God. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus, after his baptism, he was able to be led into the wilderness. For the first time, God had a man that was under his influence and control, and he was able to be led. And everything he did, he never pleased himself. Christ pleased not himself. And if we're being conformed to his image, guess what's happening? You're becoming less and less dependent upon self. And you're becoming more dependent upon God. And I think I've said this already. Now I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> that God is bringing you under His influence and His control so that you can be led by the Spirit. And I think it's, I think it's awesome that God is working in us both the willing to do 
of His own good pleasure. And the Spirit of God is moving. The Spirit of God is working. There's a scripture in Daniel, and it's in chapter 11 and verse 32. But this is what it says. It says, Them that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. That do know their God. That word for know there in the Hebrew is the Hebrew word yada. And it's a word for intimacy. Hallelujah. So them that do know are living in a life of intimacy with God. We were doing some teaching on the Spirit down in, born down in New Covenant. And Kathy just threw out a question. Why are you filled with the Holy Spirit tonight? I'm not talking just about your initial baptism, because that was only a beginning. I'm talking about a Spirit-filled life. So she asked the question, why are you filled with the Holy Spirit tonight? And as the minute she said it, I wrote something down. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit tonight. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit tonight to develop an intimate relationship with God. I know if you're baptized in the Spirit, you had an initial baptism of speaking in other tongues. And that was wonderful and that was great and that was marvelous. But there's something that God is after tonight. And that's a people with a Spirit-filled life. They're not tossed to and fro. But they're developing an intimate relationship with God. So one reason that you're filled with the Holy Spirit tonight is to develop a relationship. I wrote down another thing. It's actually found in Ephesians. Because it's the will of God for you. You'll find that in Ephesians chapter 5 or 6. You know the scripture says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Well, let, let me just go to it. Ephesians Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Seeing then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will 
of the Lord is. And then in the next verse of Scripture, he tells us what the world the He tells us what the will of Lord is. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine in which is access, but be filled with the Spirit. So two reasons tonight, for me anyhow, two reasons for me tonight why I'm filled with the Spirit is to develop a relationship with God and fulfill His will because it's the will of God that you live in the realm of the Spirit. The reason being that you can get to know God. There's an amazing scripture and it's very simple but it's it's very real. And it's, it's amazing that those who are joined to the Lord are one spirit. I have become over the last few years, I become more dependent on the Holy Spirit than ever at any time of my spiritual life. Because I become more aware that there's nothing in my Adamic man that's able to do any of this. But you know what's available to you when you're in Christ? Who keeps you in Christ? The Holy Spirit. And so Daniel says, them that do know their God. That's why you're in community tonight. You're not here because you've got nowhere else to go. You're here tonight because there's been a desire in you to develop a relationship. And I'm not just talking about the relationship that you have amongst one another. Because the stronger your relationship is with God, the stronger the community will be. The stronger you'll be. So he says, them that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. In Ephesians 6, there's a scripture there that says this, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God and having done all to stand, stand. So here's, a, here's another scripture that's an encouragement to us to be strong in the Lord and put on the whole armor of God. And the scripture makes it really clear what the whole armor of God is. Apart from what's written in Ephesians chapter 6, the helmet of salvation and the shield of faith and to squench all the fiery darts of the enemy. And that's all true. But the scripture does say this in Romans chapter 13. It says, Cast off 
the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Put on the whole armor. And light is a part of your armor. I don't know if you've ever heard it explained like this before, but I understand that you had someone share a tremendous message this morning on light. It's so essential because in Him, walking in the light is actually walking in Him because in Him there is no darkness at all. And you have to become the embodiment of the word that you're preaching. And so he says, cast off the works of darkness. Put on the armor of light. So light becomes your armor. Glory to God. But then it tells you in, I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it tells you there also that put on the armor of righteousness. So righteousness is actually your armor. Here's what it tells you in Proverbs, in a couple of places. On the pathway of righteousness, there is no death. So righteousness being your armor protects you from death. Death is just separation from him who is life. But if I walk in righteousness, I'll be walking on a pathway and on that pathway, there is no death. Hallelujah. How powerful is the Spirit working in us tonight? How powerful is, is the Scriptures? Be strong in the Lord. Put on the whole armor of God. And I'm trying not to repeat myself, but put on the whole armor of God. Light becomes your armor against darkness. It wards off all the fiery darts of the enemy. Righteousness. Come on, what is the kingdom of God tonight? The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness. The first thing in the kingdom of God is righteousness. It is righteousness, peace, and joy, but I can't get to the peace and joy without the righteousness. So it's essential that I put on the whole armor of God if I'm going to be made strong in this day. I'm going to say this again. The stronger I get in Christ through the Spirit, the stronger I get, the weaker I get in Adam. Peter says this. He says, and put on humility. And humility 
is a part of your armor. So your arm, if your armor tonight is light, righteousness, and humility, then you have to ask yourself a question. Did Jesus wear light as a garment? Yes, he did. Hallelujah. Then if you are a son of God tonight, or declare to be a son of God tonight, you can't do it outside of light. I mean, 1 John tells us all of that. So, you can't do it outside of light. Righteousness and humility. So Jesus walked in light. He, wa he was the light. He declared that, I am the light of the world. And then he said an amazing thing to his disciples. He said, do you realize you're the light of the world? And look at the testimony of our brother that he gave a couple of weeks ago over there at Pogo Mine amongst the Aussies. <laughs> I know what you're going through. <laughs> but look at the testimony. Never said a word. Never preached the gospel. Guy turned around and I shouldn't use language like this around you or similar. What was that? Hallelujah. It was a light shining in darkness. And that guy just happened to see a great light. Glory. That's, where, that's what you are wherever you go. God says, I will be with you wherever you go. And wherever you go, you're a testimony. Some of you might remember Dottie Margraff, who was suffering in that hospital where she was. And she used to walk around the ward and this angry old lady, the angriest lady in the hospital, shouted at her one day and shouted to Barry, are you her husband? And Barry said, yes, I'm her husband. And this grumpy old lady turned around and said, well, I watch her and she makes me happy. What was it? A light shining in a dark place. Hallelujah. A silent witness. So Jesus wore the garment of light, became the light of the world. Did Jesus wear the garment of righteousness? Did Jesus walk in humility? Hallelujah. So when you walk in light, righteousness, and humility, what have you just done? Okay, let me repeat myself. Jesus wore the garment of light. Jesus was the righteousness of God revealed. And he put on humility. So when you walk in light, put on light, righteousness and humility, what have you just done? Mm -hmm. 
You have just put on Christ. And Paul says, put on Christ and make no provision for the flesh. How can I do it? Light, righteousness, and humility. What will that make you? Strong in the Lord. What will you be clothed with? The whole armor of God. Hallelujah. You will have on a bonnet of righteousness. You will wear the helmet of salvation. But what an awesome time we're in. Be strong in the Lord. Here's another one in Ephesians 3, verse 16 through 20. And again, it's the Apostle Paul writing. I like to use it this way. You've got an apostolic father with an apostolic prayer to an apostolic church. Here was his prayer. For this reason I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you might be strengthened by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ might dwell in your heart by faith, that you might be rooted and grounded in love, and that you might comprehend with all saints what is the length, the breadth, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of God that passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Hallelujah. See, I, I can't throw that out into a futuristic scripture. Hallelujah. Well, when do you want to be strengthened by His Spirit in the inner man? Hallelujah. Strengthened by His Spirit in your mind. When do you want Christ to dwell in your heart by faith? When do you want to be able to uh, comprehend with all saints what's the length, the breadth, and the depth, and the height to know the love of God? When do you want that to happen? Yeah, we'll have that now, Lord. But he also goes on. And he says that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Come on, this is God's purpose for us. He's, we've got a measure in the stature. Hallelujah. And the fullness of Christ. That's where he wants to bring us. All the way into where we're a demonstration of the life of Christ. I'm going to go and read Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. My Bible so beat up I can hardly turn the pages. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. 
This is another apostolic prayer of Paul. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. You know, that's for every one of us in here tonight. No matter where we're walking right now, this was Paul's prayer for the church at Colossus. I can honestly say this tonight. I can honestly say there is not a day goes by that you're not prayed for. And, and he says, we do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. See, here's just a secret belief of my own. I think God has got something far beyond us doing the will of God. He wants us to be the will of God. Hallelujah. That's a difference. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Listen to this. Being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. I, I'm, I just want that to sink in tonight. Just look, at, just look around the room tonight and see somebody, take them on your heart and say, I'm going to pray every day for Gabriel. And I'm going to pray every day that he's going to have wisdom and spiritual understanding. Just pick out three people even. And say, there's not going to be a day go by that I'm not going to pray for you. And I'm going to pray that you'll walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing so that you'll be fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Hallelujah. I think that's happening today. Listen to this. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. Hallelujah. I think these are amazing scriptures. That white stone would be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering. Wonderful words. With joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father who hath made us meet 
to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. I hope you realize tonight that you're partaking of your inheritance. Because if you're not partaking of it, you're squandering it. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. That's for you tonight. That's what we should be walking in. That's what we should be living in. But there's a couple of little words in there. Sometimes they're pretty tough. It's called patience and long-suffering. <laughs> but remember the strong are going to bear the infirmities of the weak. I'm going to go to Isaiah chapter 35. So my encouragement again is be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Be strong in the Lord and be very courageous. Okay, Isaiah chapter 35 and I'm going to close with this. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them. You have to realize tonight that this scripture is a scripture concerning the blessing of the kingdom of God. Written 700 years before Jesus came. But it so involves you and connects you into it tonight. Because the solitary and the wilderness shall be glad for them. I wonder who them is. Remember, well, let me explain in case there's anybody in here who doesn't know. Isaiah also says this, Blessed is he that brings forth good tidings. Blessed are the feet of him that brings forth good tidings. Speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ, because first of all, it had to be fulfilled in Him. But anything that's been fulfilled in Him now will be fulfilled in His body, which is the church. So every prophetic word that He fulfilled, hallelujah, will now be fulfilled in the body of Christ. That's why Paul, in the book of Romans, was able to turn around and say, and blessed are the feet of them. Because him, in Isaiah, became them in the New Testament. Because they become his sons. So blessed are the feet of them 
The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom like a rose. It shall blossom abundantly. I think that word was mentioned earlier tonight. The abundance of the supply of the Spirit, the abundance and the supply of God's to us through the Holy Ghost is amazing. It shall blossom abundantly and, rejo and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it, the excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Well, strengthen the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees and say to those who are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be open and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. If you've got a hearing ear tonight and a seeing eye tonight, you didn't get them by education. You got them because the Lord gave them to you. And I'm looking at people in here tonight who have got a seeing eye and a hearing ear. And they're like Job. They're saying, I, I heard you by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. The eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. For in the waterness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. Come on, you begin to expect this to happen to you this year. You begin to raise your expectations of what's written in the Word if you're living in Christ and living a Spirit-filled life, it belongs to you now. But you have to access it. It's not just can you come and flow down. One of the words that Brother Bill used tonight was desire. You're going to have to desire it above it. So am I. Desire it above every other thing. The lame man shall walk. The lame man shall leap as a heart and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. For in the wilderness water shall break out out of your innermost being. We all with unveiled face are seeing in a mirror the glory of the Lord are changed by His Spirit into the same image. So if there's any change taking place in your life tonight, it's taken place because of the working of the Spirit. I mean, I often ask myself, why do you study the Word? Well, you study the Word to make yourself approved unto God. I don't study the Word to get another sermon. I don't study the Word for any other reason but to make myself approved unto God, 
rightly dividing the word of truth. And the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of jackals where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes. I love verse 8 through to the end. And a highway shall be there. And a way. And it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. But it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. Oh boy, do I love the next verse. No lion shall be there. Glory. And not any ravenous beast. What does that mean for you tonight? By the time you've walked through the, re the beginning of all the scripture and you come down to verse 8, there's going to be no lion there. No demonic influence. No ravenous beast there. No Adamic nature left. How powerful is the Spirit of God tonight? Ask yourself, what, is there anything He can't deliver me from? Then why am I walking around with this? Which is not mine to wear. I'm going to read it again, verse 9. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there. Listen to this. But the redeemed shall walk there. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I've got a new path to walk in. It's a path that no fowl knoweth. The vulture's eye has never seen it. It's a pathway of holiness. And without holiness, no man's going to see God. But I believe the Spirit of God is, is moving and working in the midst of the body of Christ today to bring it to this place where we'll be able to walk in this pathway of the redeemed. But the redeemed shall walk there. Listen to verse 10. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return. That's the tithe that returns to the Lord. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs of everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Hallelujah. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall come with singing unto Zion. Let the weak say, I'm strong. Let the poor say, I'm rich. Hallelujah. Not because you might have a million bucks in the bank, but you're rich because you what you have in Christ. You, you came from the poor to the rich. He that was rich became poor so that those who were poor would become rich. And you're rich with the, with the life of Christ tonight. And I just want to encourage you, let the Holy Spirit have, a, have free access to every life in here and to every member of the community. Let the Holy Ghost have His way.
and let him work in you both the willing to do of his own good pleasure. Come on, this, this whole thing is about to wrap up. The nations are going to feel the impact of, of what God does in this people because the wilderness and the solitary are going to be glad for them. Hallelujah. I just pray that this year, to every one of you, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might and be courageous and be strong. Hallelujah. Allowing the Holy Spirit to work and do what He wants to do in bringing us all to where He wants us to be. Hallelujah. And since none of us are there yet, we're all pressing on. I love the song tonight, The Spirit of the Lord. I love that song. The Spirit of the Lord quenches the fire. Do you know you've got the Holy Ghost fire in you tonight that can quench every hour of the fire and can actually set you on fire? Hallelujah. But He's a consuming fire. Yeah, he, he, anyhow. I, I really pray that this year will be such an awesome year for you. There'll be a greater surrender in all of our lives to the will and the plan and the purpose of God. May he bless you richly, abundantly. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity of being in your midst. Uh, Kathy's still not feeling very well. But um, she does have better days. The last few days have been better days. and uh, But she couldn't make it out tonight. So I said I'd say goodbye for her. So bless you. It's been a great joy being with you again. I never thought this day would come. <laughs> but we were sitting in the, in the lounge one day and we were just talking and sharing and fellowshipping and... And just thought, how wonderful it would be to see the brethren. Yeah. I don't care if I preach. I don't care if I do anything else but fellowship. Yeah. Hallelujah. And we've done, we've, we've saw most. Yeah. So I just want to say bless you. And thank you for your love and fellowship over the years. Bless you. Thanks, Brother Bill. Thank you, Bobby. Uh, one of the things about uh, give you this with Jeremiah is, you know, you talked about intimacy, and everywhere in the, in the major influence that God has, he's, he's telling the people that he'll be with them. His constancy is, is there, and that's wonderful, isn't it, that he's, he's with us. And I, I was thinking, you know, you closed with, with uh, talked about intimacy, Bobby. The, um, <laughs> Noah, when you, when you think of Jeremiah and you look at 9-6, who had a clearer picture of the coming of Christ, of, of the Lord Jesus? He, it was very clear. And who had a greater uh, indication or certainly as great as, as any prophet. But you see him 
uh, in the middle of Jeremiah, or oh, actually it's more toward the last, he says, thy presence, where is it? Thy presence, thy presence. And I think we want to keep in mind the greatness of what God is doing within us, but it's also a great test. Jeremiah was, he was not happy with, uh, <laughs> with his statements. Where is uh, your voice, your presence? He says it three times uh, very early there. And, and, and I think that this thing of hunger and this thing of desire and the question, take this home with you. Knowing that the Spirit of God is so constant and so caring and so loving to produce a very, very uh, finished product and, and God can, what must our desire be? And are we that hungry? William Law said this. I just picked this up. I was looking for something to scratch on. All life and all sensibility of life is a desire. And nothing can feel or find itself to exist but as it finds itself to have and be a desire. Now we've, we've had multiples, you know, and, and, and not fixed. But we can say this night, dear God, give us a clear fire laser beam of, beam of desire to care and love you uh, all the rest of our days. Because when that is settled, we're, we're on our way in the adventure, and it's a great one, because he's not going to leave you anywhere along. But tonight, there are multiples, not just here, but everywhere, are going through highly uh, significant things, but God wants to bring us to that, that depth of care and intimacy.